and welcome to the conversation. I'm Hyle Russell. And I am Dustin Jackson. And Dustin, we have reached the end. The end of Stinky Ape Summer. Oh, say, say it ain't so, Hyle. I, I need more of that stink in my life. Alas, the calendar says otherwise, for it is September 19th. Uh, autumn arrives here in the Northern Hemisphere in but a couple of days as our friends to the South enter spring. It is the end of Stinky Ape Summer. There's no more delaying it. We are entering a new era. And we cap off Stinky Ape Summer, as we're wont to do here on The Conversation, with our annual Talk Like a Pirate Day episode. Happy Talk Like a Pirate Day, Dustin. Our happy, happy Talk Like a Pirate Day to you, me hearty. Uh, oh, uh, uh, let's see, what, what, what did they say? Um, uh, gun. <laughs> that's a good one. They say gun. Yeah. Uh, they, they probably, they say sandwich if that's what they're, like, ordering. Right, uh, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, socks. They, 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 they probably wear socks. <laughs> socks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they probably say, like, hello sometimes. Probably, probably. So, you know, this is this is our 11th Talk Like a Pirate Day episode. We don't talk like pirates anymore because that gets fucking old. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what, what we really do with these episodes is we celebrate, in some form or fashion, the Donkey Kong universe's long history with pirates. I mean, we were doing these episodes before Sea of Thieves was even conceived at Rare. Like, that's, that's how long Talk Like a Pirate Day episodes of The Conversation have been going on. So this isn't just about Sea of Thieves. We've done several episodes for Talk Like a Pirate Day about Sea of Thieves. And this episode will uh, entwine with that game. But we're, we're going to be also bringing in Another character, an older character from Rare and the DKU who happens to be a pirate. We're actually going to be picking up a discussion you and I had at the beginning of Stinky Ape Summer during our Not E3 Xbox episode concerning... Oh my goodness, that's that's so long ago. That's, a, that's practically a lifetime ago. Yeah, it was like, uh, what, three months ago. But it, oh. it it was a discussion we had concerning Sea of Thieves, Rare, and being a Rare fan. And the pitfalls that come with being a long-time Rare fan and, and getting serviced. Oh, excuse me, getting fan-serviced. Uh, let me... <laughs> yeah, let me, let me uh, clarify that there. So... It was an interesting discussion we had. I, I, I was kind of feeling a little bit blue, and talking about it helped uh, buck me up. So Because sometimes you just need that catharsis. And I thought then, right. you know, if um, if nothing else comes up, that would be an interesting way to end Stinky Ip Summer with our Talk Like a Pirate Day episode to kind of circle back around to that and have a full-length conversation about it. And that's what we're going to do on this episode. But Dustin, I do want to assure you and I want to assure all of our listeners that just because Stinky Ape Summer is ending, it doesn't mean you can't keep 
that stink in your heart as we enter the autumn months. The beauty of the DKU means that summer is but a game away. Oh, I love that song. (laughs) What? (laughs) But look, there's beauty to be had in all four seasons, and I want us to appreciate the full breadth of all 365 days of the year, just because our society romanticizes summer so much. It doesn't mean we can't find beauty in the falling leaves, in the apple cider, in the acorns pelting us on the head. And that's what we're going to do here on The Conversation. I, I love it. I can't wait to see what what joy and wonderfulness you're going to bring to these good people. We'll talk about that on the next full-length episode. This This is about the end of Stinky Ape Summer on this one. But before we get into it, I do want to remind everyone to check out our merchandise store on TeePublic. You can find us on TeePublic or search us on the Google, I guess, or just type in dkvine.com forward slash merchandise. Right now on our merchandise store, we've got our old school shirt, the Kong College Collegiate gear, now available as a uh, long sleeve t-shirt a sweater and a hoodie so you can uh, get prepared for the chillier seasons in style so check that out we're, we're looking out for you that's right we don't want to see no goosebumps on them arms no no reader beware you're in for a scare Ooh, almost that time of year. It is, right. R.L. Stein's got something devious cooking in that brain of his, and we want to keep <laughs> that fright of yours covered up. Also... Thank you, Hal. Yeah, you're welcome. Also, remember to back us on Patreon. DKBine.com forward slash Patreon. The more patrons we have, the more I can make DK Vine my full-time job, my full-time responsibility... I can work myself even harder. Oh, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. No, we can have even more streams on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash DKVine. We can make more video content for YouTube at uh, youtube.com forward slash DKVine. And I can write more articles for DKVine itself. There's so much inside of me that's begging to be let out but the only way you can unleash that is by backing us on patreon (laughs) so (laughs) if you think we give you too much dku content now just you wait what we're capable (laughs) of you haven't seen nothing yet i'm saving the best stuff i i i've been hoarding it like a gorilla hoards his bananas in a cave Ooh, yeah that's right so uh just just, just think about it. If you want just a barrage of DKU content, Donkey Kong, Banjo-Kazooie, Conker, Rare, Platonic, uh, you know, all the little Mario games where Donkey Kong runs around in. Yeah, don't, don't forget Saberwolf GBA, Hyde. Saberwolf GBA. It's Mr. Pants. Viva Pinata Pocket Paradise. Yeah, the list goes on. <laughs> Goldilocks and Little Bear. I I could I I could I could <laughs> sit here all night and just list DKU games that most people don't know about. That one's harder to cover these days. Uh, the Project Spark. Now that one's, uh, you know what? That one's 
probably a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to everyone listening right now in the live stream. Five dollar up patrons. We got Raid A Pinball. We've got Just Andre. We've got Freezer. And we've got our uh, staffer, Gibbon. We've got our friend of the show, Mitchell Wolf. It's a party. I've heard of that guy. It's a party right now in the live stream. They all are here to celebrate Talk Like a Pirate Day. And it is, you know, it, it is a high holy day here at DK Vine. The last big celebration of the summer for us. And I want to talk to you, Dustin, on this glorious, beautiful Talk Like a Pirate Day about the dream. The dream of Captain Black Eye. Specifically, Captain Black Eye in Sea of Thieves. That's my favorite thing to talk about, so you pick the right guy to talk about with it. Finally, after all of the episodes you've been on, we've stumbled upon the right topic. I'm glad we got there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it took a few tries, but, <laughs> but we finally stumbled on one where I know... It turns out I've been bullshitting this entire... I don't know anything about the DKU other than this guy. Right, you've been lucky, because you, 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 your, your lies have had so much confidence behind them that I've bought it hook line and sinker yeah i'm just a really good liar and that's what makes me a good podcast co-host <laughs> so i i want to um, preface this conversation by saying that what we're about to discuss right it's in no way a legitimate criticism of sea of thieves or besmirching the quality of Sea of Thieves, or the fun that's to be had within it. Right. L listeners of the conversation, readers of DK Vine, will know how much I love, and you love, Dustin, uh, Sea of Thieves. And yeah. personally, it has vaulted itself as my second favorite game of all time, which is not, wow. it's not an easy task to pull off. It's... Right behind Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, because I don't think anything will ever eclipse that game in my heart, right? Like, right. It, 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 it's too important to me, and it, it means too much to me. But it, it did land before Banjo-Kazooie in the list, so never thought that would be possible, but, it, but, but it's there. It's, it's, it's my solid number two. <laughs> those are the best kind yeah much better than the wet loose ones <laughs> man imagine if they put that in the advertisement for sea of thieves it, it's sea of thieves for xbox it's wet and loose nobody ever likes to use my critical quotes i give them beautiful bountiful quotes that I think would really pop <laughs> off the game box. And they ignore me time and time again. They go to IGN. Yeah, IGN's not going to tell them it's a solid number two. IGN is just, yeah, they're, it's, they're just the worst people. Anyway. Where's the creativity? Yeah. I I love using words. And they, <laughs> they, 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 they'll, they'd probably just use AI at this point. I, I don't even know. But oh, man. Sea of Thieves, you know, e even the announcement of the Secret of Monkey Island crossover, which, you know, I, I had no emotional attachment to. I explained my rationale, my reasoning, 
in our not E3 Xbox episode three three months ago. But even if I found that underwhelming news as a hardcore Rare fan, like Rare above all else for me, I have to say, like, that has been an absolute blast to play so far. It, it, I, I think those tall tales, and I've only played one and a half of them so far. They haven't um, rolled out the third one yet, and we only got halfway through the second one um, on Sunday. But so far, I think it's some of the most fun I've had in Sea of Thieves in quite a long time. I, I It's top-tier entertainment, and it won me over completely, despite having no personal love for the Monkey Island franchise. So I, I think that's just high water mark for the team at Rare. And it says a lot about how fun it is if, you know, I can enjoy it having no passion for what it's um, reveling in. And, and Dustin, you love Monkey Island, so I can only imagine how it's hitting you. Oh, I, I'm adoring it so far. It, it's great. Monkey Island is a series that it it rarely it right now it's getting a good amount of stuff like it's getting this Sea of Thieves crossover. It just got a new game last year, mm-hmm. but before that, it's been like a long time since there's been any Monkey Island stuff. So I I like that it's able to just come out of hibernation once every like decade or so and get a few things before uh, slipping back into its cave. And, and Heil, I'm, I'm happy that you're enjoying it. It, it. it means a lot to bring you into this world. <laughs> you know, r- running around that circus tent on Sunday, like, at, at, <laughs> at a, desperately trying to sail through the flaming hoops before 25 seconds had passed, I was like, yeah, you know, this is all right. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, as you're flying through the flames, you know what? I'm having a pretty good time. Yeah, you know what? There are worse ways to spend my Sunday. But in light of the Monkey Island crossover and the Pirates of the Caribbean crossover two years ago, and and this year, you know, celebrated the fifth anniversary of Sea of Thieves launch, I, I am beginning to feel um, maybe a little dispirited a bit as a near lifelong rare fan. Right. You know, there are few ongoing video game legacies, you know, where, where the original studio is still around in some form or fashion, where it feels as if both circumstances keep us from being able to fully celebrate the history of the studio. It sometimes feels like the studio runs from itself a little bit. You, you, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's... It, it's not to say, like, I don't appreciate everything Rare has done since 2015. Because because I certainly do. And like I said, Sea of mm-hmm. Thieves is one of my favorite games of all time. And that being said, I do feel... Like, Rare fans are are kind of um, left out in the cold sometimes. And, and, and No, I, I totally agree. 
I, I like it, it, it's this weird feeling where, and I, I talked a little bit about this with uh, our friend Jeffrey Perez when he was on the conversation earlier this year when we talked about the fifth anniversary of Sea of Thieves. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm stuck in the middle <laughs> where I'm this like near lifelong rare fan who's got one of the oldest rare sites, communities on the internet. And so I feel like that's off-putting to the newer generation of Rare. But then because I embrace the newer generation of Rare, I so many people who are fans of the older properties find that off-putting. And so just nobody likes me. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Heil. I like you. <laughs> that's just because of the hypnosis, Dustin. <laughs> Someday I will inherit DK Vine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it just, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm feeling a little bit down right now about the state of Rare fandom and the state of Rare's history and, and how the two relate to each other. And at the end of the day, I, I want this episode to mostly make a case that Hey, wouldn't Captain Black Eye just be a great addition as a legitimate character within Sea of Thieves? And and maybe that could unite the two in a way that hasn't really been done so far. Besides, you know, the, the most hardcore of the hardcore who, you know, were like, like, yeah, Sea of Thieves, that sounds cool. And we gave it a shot. We loved it. But I, I realize like mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves is it's still a hard sell for a lot of people who are maybe fans of Banjo-Kazooie or, or what have you, who are just waiting for that new Banjo-Kazooie game above all else. And yeah. I think Captain Black Eye and Sea of Thieves would be this thing that would maybe bring some of those people into the fold while also really benefiting just Sea of Thieves unto itself. And this episode is also going to be asking, well, why hasn't that happened yet? But you know, we're arguing all of this with love. Right, it's it's with nothing but love and respect that we're broaching this topic. Yeah, it's it's not like we're coming in like, uh, what's the deal, rare? What's the holdup here? Right. It it it's because we love rare, we love Sea of Thieves, and that's why we want something like this to happen. Exactly. I I I've I've loved rare for twenty nine years, Dustin, and I will probably love them when I'm a ghost. <laughs> That's going to be your one ghost characteristic. You're going to float around just loving everything they put out. Yeah, they're going to have to uh, get an exorcist or something to get rid of me. So <laughs> yeah, there's no escape until until you splash the holy water around. But Captain Black Eye is not necessarily a household name, right? Like, we, of course, right. he, he is to us. He He is to... Again, like the the weirdest of the weird, but some of you might be wondering. All right, well, you you mentioned Captain Black Eye quite a bit. I don't really know who Captain Black Eye is. Who is Captain Black Eye, and where did he originate? So, winding it back, Captain Black Eye was originally the pirate antagonist of the game Dream the predecessor to Banjo-Kazooie. 
Captain Black Eye was specifically the captain of the ship, the Mudplugger, which is that a sex reference? Is that a sex thing? I think it, I think it is. That's, I was reading that and I was like, ooh. Plug in the mud, you know. <laughs> if, if you know what I mean. Sailing the brown waters. <laughs> Boy, I hate that. Ramming up uh, in, in the aft. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, the, C- Captain Black Eye was captain of the Mudplugger, uh, and he had a crew. He had, he had a whole pirate crew with him. He had his dog named Ripper. Of course, the name Ripper was then reused for the tombstones that chase you in Mad Monster Mansion and Banjo-Kazooie. Right. Right. Uh, he's got Flintlock Jock, <laughs> which I, I love that name. Now, Flintlock Jock... He, he 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 looks Scottish to me. Um, he's got like um, yeah, he's got that big hat, the big hat. He reminds me a little bit of Fiddlesworth from Off a of Grab by the Ghoulies. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, but he's also got a big old blunderbuss, which is basically just K. Rule's blunderbuss that's been reskinned a little bit. Yeah, but I love this guy. And uh, there's also Grim Jim, uh, who. Who, who, who just looks like a, a skinny pirate? This Grim Jim looks like a Sea of Thieves pirate, like somebody you would just run into yeah. in Sea of Thieves. Like this guy, this guy with his ribcage showing and what have you. It is a good name. It, 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 he just kind of pales in comparison when you, like, it's hard to follow up Flintlock Jock, and then in comes Grim Jim, and he's just kind of your standard pirate. Right, right, yeah. That doesn't really have much going on, but. Captain Black Eye is just this big, sort of um, burly, like he's got a bit of um, a gut, but he's not like obese. He's just um, a little out of shape, but he's big. He's imposing. He's He's meaty. He's meaty. He's thick with two C's. He is uh, enormous stature, right? He towers over you. And he's got just so many little doodads on him. If you've never seen the full render of Captain Black Eye, which we have it on DK Vine, you can just look it up then. Because most of you have probably only seen the in-game model in Banjo-Tooie or the portrait in Mad Monster Mansion. But Captain Black Eye's got so much going on. It's a very ornate design. He's got the big red coat. He's got the yellow, like, um scarf or or handkerchief around his neck he's got like striped pants he's got like a tankard (laughs) hanging off of him and uh like a a jug and he's got a he's got a flintlock in there and he's just a very busy design but i love it yeah like 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 you said so many doodads doodads yeah that's (laughs) that's such a good way to describe him yeah uh it, it, it it's it's fun just picking out all the pieces. I love these old ACM renders uh, of, from, yeah. from this era of Rare. And it's it's lovely that we got this for Captain Black Eye. Or that it was eventually revealed uh, on Twitter by... might have been Greg Mails. It might have been somebody else on the team. Um, but maybe Steve Mails. But yeah, they eventually shared this. And it was just like, oh, wow, his hat says Avast there. And his buttons... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his buttons say yo ho ho like it's just a lot going on but i was i was gonna bring up the hat i love that it says a vast there yeah. that's, that's like having a hat that that just says uh hello 
<laughs> right. It's stupid. It's, it's so stupid. But if you think about it, if you had a hat that said hello, uh, so much of your busy work would be taken care of in social interaction. That's true. Just cut to the chase. Right. And like, you're like, wow, that person's so polite. And you don't have to do anything. <laughs> you can be aloof. You said hello to me. I better go say hello to him. So, of course, they were they were originally the antagonist of Dream back when the game starred Edson, a little little boy, little little, little boy hero who was you know apparently quite boring um, compared to you know what we would later get with Banjo, the you know the, the Southern Bear who you know with the, with the tight <laughs> tight shorts, but. Edson, for me, like Edson seems to be the prototype for Cooper in Grab by the Ghoulies, and yeah, just like a guy, just just a guy, just just a young white dude who like gets gets in over his head. Um, like Cooper was a little bit fleshed out. I'm sure Edson would have been had Dream come to completion, but uh, yeah, I, I I see like. For for me, like I don't know if they've ever spoken on this, but I feel like Cooper was them circling back around to the idea of what if it's just a guy? What if it's what if it's just the I, I, <laughs> like Cooper might be a little bit older than Edson was intended to be. Um, like I always read Cooper as like late teens, early twenties, mm-hmm. considering he's like back. He so like I they don't get into this and grab by the ghoulies, but this was later confirmed that Cooper and Amber are Americans who are just like backpacking through England. And, um, they like, you know, they, they get lost and, you know, they go into a haunted estate, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, like Edson was, you know, kind of bland, but he, he would have been fleshed out over time, but captain black eyes, they're really interesting, Antagonists, because you know this this team, the team behind Dream, uh, also were mostly responsible for Donkey Kong Country Two and Captain K. Rule, and it's like they they really liked doing the pirate stuff, and then you know they were gonna base a lot of Dream around that, and then they just couldn't get it working, and then they switch gears into Banjo Kazooie. But while Captain Black Eye and his crew were cut. From what became Banjo Kazooie, Black Eye's portrait could still be found in Mad Monster Mansion. Which in 1998, I was like, "Who is this guy? What? What? Who's this strange man?" There, there was never anything about Dream, like screenshots or whatever, in the magazines. Like we, we knew the code name Dream, but we didn't actually know what the game entailed until it was revealed as banjo kazooie at e3 1997 so nobody outside of rare at the time knew who captain black eye was we didn't know who this this pirate was and it was just one of those mysteries in banjo kazooie that really just like added to the whole conspiratorial vibe of stop and swap like well is is this guy is this guy somehow involved in stop and swap who is this guy with the big jay leno chin especially since uh the first game especially really did not have that many uh human characters no uh so it's weird to have one that's uh, singled out for these portraits. It, it really kind of makes you think, oh, this must be, like, some important guy. I mean, arguably, you, you could say that Gruntilda and Brentilda are human. 
Right, but, right, but that makes sense since they're, like, main characters in the story, but then you just have this, like, other human guy that's just nowhere to be seen except for in these portraits. Right, and, and the portrait was of this render from Dream, so it was, like, a lot more detailed, even in the low-resolution N64, you know, downscaling of it. It, it. it was, like, more detailed than you would think it would be. It was like, what? And... That led to a lot of, you know, like, theories and, and is he the captain of the Rusty Bucket or, or whatever. But he later appeared in the flesh in his belated debut in Banjo-Tooie, drinking in the back room of Jolly's Tavern. Oh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love, no, I love that guy. I, I love, once I saw him in that game, mm-hmm. I had no idea who he was. I, I gotta be honest, Kyle, I played through, I didn't play through Banjo-Tooie before I played Kazooie, but I did get to here. Yeah. Um. So I didn't, I had no idea who this guy was. I didn't even see the portrait in Mad Monster Mansion. Uh, but I was just sold on him already, just because I like pirate stuff. Right. Uh, but then when I read, I remember reading all his uh, little references and quotes and uh, finding out, you know, like, oh, this guy used to be in uh, Project Dream or whatever. I remember just being like, oh, now he's even cool. <laughs> yeah. So I remember like writing into scribes and other people wrote into scribes like who's the pirate in mad monster mansion who like who what's that portrait about and lee loveday eventually said like uh you'll find out more in banjo tooie and we're like oh oh <laughs> and he even like um partially censored his name and, and, and uh like we, Ooh, we, it's a big mystery we figured out like it must be captain black eye um, and, uh, so yeah, it was just like, but we, we still didn't really understand the context, but yeah, you, you can talk to him in, uh, Jolly's and he's, he's, he's just like a washed up has been, he's not portrayed as drunk. Like they, they pass it off as him being seasick, but I think the implication is, yeah, he's just, you know, three sheets to the wind. He's completely yeah. hammered throughout Banjo. Yeah. Too. The idea is look, look at this drunk loser. Just in the back here. Don't pay him any mind. Yeah. Um, so there are like lots of quotes you can get him to say. Lots of lines of dialogue he has by repeatedly revisiting him before he just falls over backwards and just <laughs> just remains on his back. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So would you, would you? This is talk like a pirate day. So we should talk a little bit like a pirate, I guess. Even if I hate it. Uh, so we'll we'll <laughs> achieve that goal by reading Captain Black Eye's only dialogue, in-universe dialogue that we have thus far from Banjo-Tooie. So would you like to take turns with this, Dustin? I was about to ask if you'd like to take turns, so I guess I would love to. Okay, why don't you start then? All right, I, okay, I gotta, gotta get in the zone. <clears throat> Avast there, ye scurvy dogs, I be Captain Black Eye, fearless pirate and scourge of the seas. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um. Oh, just a touch of seasickness, you filthy rats. 
That that was also good. I yeah, I I try. I, I think we've got this down. If they bring him back, they should just have us alternate between being his voice. <laughs> uh watch your tongue, buzzard. That's that's the Kazooie. Uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the buzzard is the Kazooie of the game. Right. Like he he's not talking to Banjo there. He's not that dumb. Yeah, that that wouldn't make sense if you'd like think about it. Yeah, alright. Um Shiver me, Timbers! These seasick tablets that Jolly gave me are mighty useless. That's nice of him to give him those seasick tablets, though. I do Jolly, like that. Jolly just seems like a great guy. I do like that, like, l- little glimpse into the relationship he has with Jolly. Like, he just pops in to, to Jolly's occasionally, and, and he's like, uh, Jolly gives him seasick tablets, but he's probably not really seasick. He's just really, really drunk. you'll never admit it okay okay splice the main brace one more press of that thar button and i'll run ye through yeah all right um right i'll slit your ooh me poor stomach just take these doubloons and fetch me another glass of water (laughs) was he gonna slit uh, the nipples. Oh, that's awful. That's I one know. of the worst things you could have said. That sounds so painful. Could you imagine just like lactating blood? Oh man, vampires would love it. <laughs> Dracula would just put on a baby bonnet and be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, more, more milky for for Draki. Wait, this isn't talk like Dracula Day, Dustin. Oh no, I got so confused. And this bit is going okay. off course anyway. It's getting weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I had a dream once. I think that's the line most people remember from this. Yeah, because uh, of course it's you know. I had a dream once. It's very obviously pointing. If you didn't know, but you do know that Banjo Kazooie once once from a game called Dream, you're like, oh, now I get it. This pirate was in that before there was a witch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I were in this fine game. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then here's the last one for yeah. us. Uh. A bear stole me glory. Looked a bit like you, he did. Mmm, yeah. Which, you know, is... Uh, of course, it's it's a very pointed reference to Banjo-Kazooie replacing you know, the, the cast of Dream, but there has to be an in-universe rationale behind that line, too. Like, eventually, a bear of some sort must have stole Captain Black Eye's glory, whatever that means. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I like to think that that's why Captain Black Eye is just like washed out and he's given up in this game is he had some encounter with some alleged bear. What 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 could that be, though? Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So uh, didn't doesn't Lord Wufak fact mention like I, I know he's talking about Banjo. The game turned into Banjo Kazooie. But yeah, uh, if you're looking for an in-universe explanation, doesn't uh, Lord Wufak Fax say uh, they uh, used to hang out with Banjo's dad or something? I don't I, I, I don't remember 
all the ins and outs of Lord Wu fact fact. I I'm sorry to say, <laughs> Dustin. Uh, when we eventually get to character witness Lord Wu fact fact, I'll bowl you over with all the little trivia bits. But I did not Ooh. prepare for any Lord Wu fact fact discussion in this, so I'm Wu sorry. Fact, f- Wu fact fact facts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we see if I had the Patreon backing, uh <laughs> I I would just make that a page on DK Vine. <laughs> it's like a, the handful of facts. Yeah. Just in case, you know, you were doing a Google search and you know, like all oh, the you you wake up in a cold sweat at 2:47 a.m. like oh, I don't know everything <laughs> there to is know. to know about Banjo Tooie's Lord Wu fact fact. <laughs> What am I doing with my life? So from there, the legend of Captain Black Eye would grow because Captain Black Eye would be referenced throughout pretty much all of the Greg Mail's led games of the Xbox and Xbox 360. He was referenced in Grab by the Ghoulies, the Viva Pinata series, and Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. And this, like, each of these little games, like, he didn't appear in any of these, but he would be heavily referenced, and we would have a little bit more context and subtext added to Captain Black Eye. And it kind of built him up as this reoccurring figure who gets around the Rare Archipelago, like, like sailing all around, befriending the likes of Gruntilda and Baron Von Ghoul, you know, heading to Pinata Island. I think he's got, like, a, a, a boat shop or boat rental in showdown town Um, right and you know damn if we didn't want to know more about him because that's really like i love all the little connections that rare would like seed into their games during this time like you know baron von ghoul seems to be friends with captain black eye but he's also friends with professor pester in viva pinata (laughs) and just like you can you can just imagine like what shit they get into. (laughs) I smell a new sitcom. Party boat. (laughs) So yeah, like Captain Black Eye, despite only appearing in a very minor role in Banjo-Tooie, he's right up there along with the likes of Royston the Goldfish as just one of those characters who the most hardcore rare fans will obsess over. Yeah, love yeah. love them. I love yeah. any time they reference this guy. And so when Sea of Thieves was announced at E3 2015, the first thought that I had walking out um, of the showcase was, wow, you know, I wonder if they'll use this game to actually explore Captain Black Eye's backstory a little bit. I mean... It's a golden opportunity. And, you know, all, all the other Rare fans in attendance there, like, you know, I, DK Vine was there, but also um, Amir was there uh, from now Rare Thief. Uh, Steve was there from Rare Gamer. Uh, so we were all, like, comparing notes, and we, you know, we were all thinking it, you know. Of, of course we were. And later that day... Uh, that that evening, Greg Mails inadvertently gaslit us <laughs> into thinking <laughs> that Captain Black Eye was already queued up 
to appear in Sea of Thieves because he changed his Twitter profile pic. And let me explain what Twitter is. Twitter was a very popular um, social media site uh, that that like limited you to a certain amount of characters per what was called a tweet, right? It was very popular around this time. I don't know whatever happened to it, but yeah. Gre- Greg Mails was active on Twitter and he changed his profile pic to an image of Captain Black Eye that nobody had ever seen before. It was Captain Black Eye, but he looked like he was bald. He, he hairless <laughs> Captain Black Eye. He he didn't have his um kind of like longish unkempt hair. He didn't have any facial hair stubble. He was just he, he was recognizably Captain Black Eye with his big big old chin, but yeah, he was hairless. He, he looks like he, he looks like a uh, a hairless oiled up pig. <laughs> See, I was thinking one of those cats that's bred to be hairless. <laughs> like if you have allergies, that's the cat you need to get. Right. So you know, if oh, you know, I I'm allergic allergic to human dander. Well, don't don't you worry. We've got the human for you. His name is Captain Black Eye. <laughs> Finally, I can have a friend. Just, I. Yeah, I would love to have Captain Black Eye just uh, recline on my lap. Just all smooth and, yeah. <laughs> he wiggles around in you and he's like, ooh, that feels weird. Yeah, that's not how a cat should feel. So, having only experienced the Sea of Thieves reveal trailer, like, we, we were only somewhat familiar with the art style of Sea of Thieves. Right. And... What this actually was, Dustin, it was supposedly an early render of Captain Black Eye for Dream. Um, that wasn't finalized. It was just like this, this very, very early render that was just like chucked into the bin. Um, Greg Mails pulled it out because he was all excited about the reveal of Sea of Thieves and he, without context, made it his Twitter profile pic. But somehow this render, to our untrained eyes, looked quite a bit like the same art style for the pirates we had seen in the Sea of Thieves trailer. And so we we were under the impression that Greg Mails was telling us, guess what? Captain Black Eye is going to be a character in Sea of Thieves. Not the case. Yeah, definitely not. Oopsie doodles. Oopsie doodles. Oopsie doodles. There it is. Now, now, like, Greg Mails was not trying to lead us on. He was not trying to, like, fool us. But fooled, we were all the same. You know what this render reminds me of? What? Like, e- even if it wasn't, like, for Sea of Thieves, uh, maybe it's just the, the blue background behind it, but it even just the lighting, it really strikes me as, like, the kind of renders you'd see in, like, the late... Uh, OG Xbox early 360 game days on their website. Yeah, yeah, De- definitely. Yeah, I, I I can see that for sure. Like I I could see this being uh like like a homepage render. You click yeah on. yeah yeah yeah. So we thought Captain Black Eye was going to be in Sea of Thieves from the very beginning. We were we were very very jazzed about it, and it was a rare occurrence too. Like to have this new rare IP be confirmed as 
existing in the shared universe with with a confirmed character appearance right out of the gate. So it was just this huge like relief. It was like a weight off our shoulders. We were like, oh wow, you know, Sea of Thieves is going to be DKU. Awesome. Let's go. Let's let's go all in. <laughs> and you know, modern day DK Vine would have probably talked about Sea of Thieves regardless, but just to have that little like context that little confirmation that yeah it's going to be dku it was very exciting for us and also exciting because we did really like the notion of captain black eye and if sea of thieves could explore that backstory like what 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 was this about him losing his glory you know i want to see it happen right like this is you know in the golden age of piracy in the rare shared universe. So why wouldn't Captain Black Eye be a presence in Sea of Thieves? And, you know, to be fair, Captain Black Eye does have a very, very minor presence in Sea of Thieves and Sea of Thieves lore. They haven't, like, forgotten about Captain Black Eye. Uh, He's mentioned a couple of times throughout. He's mentioned by Cecil, uh, the person who runs the clothing shop on Golden Sands Outpost, which is now in the game Port Merrick. It's, there's this whole thing where Golden Sands Outpost was under attack by the Reaper's Bones, and then uh, they rebuilt it as new Golden Sands Outpost, but then the character Merrick died, and so in his honor, they renamed it Port Merrick. Even though our friend Jeff and our friend Dre have a Golden Sands blog post, so now that just doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, whoops, whoopsie doodles again. Whoopsie doodles, double the oopsie doodles. Oops, all whoopsies. <laughs> so anyway, yes, uh, Cecil or Cecil runs the clothing shop on what's now Port Merrick, and. He mentions Captain Black Eye in his dialogue. So when when you when you talk to Cecil, you you can say, "Hey, hey, how about a discount?" Uh, I'm I'd like these prices, they're outrageous. And uh, <laughs> what what Cecil will say or Cecil? What, I, don't, I don't know. Tomato. I tomato. think it's Cecil. Cecil. All right. What Cecil says is, uh, "Oh, I'd love to knock a few gold off." But sadly, I can't. My boss, Mr. Black Eye, keeps a keen eye on the accounts and would surely notice. He's a rather rough type, and I'd rather not <laughs> get on his bad side. So Yeah. That that's 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 the reference to Captain Black Eye in the game itself. I love that he calls him Mr. Black Eye. Mr. Black Eye, yeah. Maybe he's not a captain yet. Oh, that could be. That could be he hasn't quite become a captain yet. Um, see, I just saw it as, oh, he's my boss, so I call I call him Mr. Uh, but do they refer to him as captain anywhere in the game? Isn't one of the ship decorations, doesn't that reference him somewhere? Oh, oh, the, um, the, um, the the post the um yeah the the little mail you can buy now so okay let let me let me rewind here a little bit because this is this is just <laughs> added um, <laughs> that was that was uh <laughs> rewinding um that was great yeah so th- this is kind of a relatively recent addition and i guess this is the second reference to 
Captain Black Eye in the actual game itself. You can get um like a a little pile of packages. You can buy this for your ship. Why would you why you would want this? I don't know, except if you really like the description like me and then you put it in your ship. It's called the Morning Post. And the description in the Morning Post says the tag on these parcels say they're for a J Roger courtesy of C Black Eye. Well, Ooh. it's your post now. So Cap, yeah, there, there is your, I guess, reference to Cap. Unless his first name is just Captain. <laughs> his parents said, you know what? I have a feeling this guy is going to be a captain. Let, let's really lock it in. It's like, you know, uh, Sinbad, the, the comedian. His, his parents named him Sinbad because they thought uh, he's going to be a <laughs> You will be a sailor. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, I want to be a comedian. And they're like, damn it, Sinbad. <laughs> That's not how this was supposed to work. So, uh, Black Eyes also referenced in the Tales from the Sea of Thieves book, which, of course, you know, Sea of Thieves books like Tales from the Sea of Thieves, which is kind of this in-universe ship ledger that's been passed around to various characters, and you can, you know, own it, hold it in your hands and read it. That, the novels, the comics, they're all canon to the game it it, it it it's all valid continuity it all counts and in right. the tales from the sea of these book the character flameheart jr uh talks about an encounter he had with black eye when he was making preparations to journey to the sea of thieves so like it's not in like an actual appearance appears but flameheart uh regales you with the time he ran into captain black eye yeah, it, it it's still cementing his presence in that world. Exactly. And then, of course, Greg Mails sailed uh, as Captain Black Eye, which was his gamer tag, for a bit. That was, that was kind of his designated role-playing pirate when he was playing Sea of Thieves. And that was enough to get us to, like, finally declare it DKU. I was like, well, I guess that counts. I guess. <laughs> I guess it has to count somehow. And we've we've got some other like fail safes in there, like the Pepito Kong rule, you know, with right. the advent of Pepito Kong. But you know, there there was always the hope, right? That e- even though that like that was enough to get it over the line for us, there was always the hope. Well, we hope there's actually more than just that, right? Because as much as I would love to encounter Greg Mails on the Sea of Thieves as Captain Black Eye, the dream, so to speak, is that the team behind Sea of Thieves, or teams, plural, would eventually put him in the game as an actual character that anybody can encounter. Yeah. And and Rares added a ton of references to their past games in Sea of Thieves. Like, I've long referred to Sea of Thieves as the omni-prequel for pretty much all of Rare. Like, there there are references to DKU games, there are references to other games, but these references range from being minor to very non-obtrusive, right? Like, there, there are, there's cave art you, you can encounter. There are, of course, the ship cosmetics that you can buy, which will have, you know, be designed to evoke imagery from the games. And they'll have little, like, descriptions that add to the lore and the interconnectivity of Rare. But 
the biggest reference, the coolest reference in Sea of Thieves is when they brought the Black Witch into the game. Now, the Black Witch is yeah. the ship from the Sir Arthur Pendragon games um, back back um, in their ultimate play the game era. Like the same era from uh, of Saberwolf, uh, Jetpack, um, that, that era. They brought in the Black Witch as a shipwreck on Shipwreck Bay. That was in there from the start. It was like, oh my god, this is a really cool reference. I can't wait to see what else they put into Sea of Thieves. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Then they took it a, a step even further. They did. They did. It wasn't just the the wreck you could explore. They eventually brought in the character Sir Arthur Pendragon uh, as a ghost. <laughs> they brought in his ghost. And then he became a regular recurring character in Sea of Thieves. One of the most prominent and important characters in the entire mythology up to this point. Uh, like... It's surprising, like, how big he has become in Sea of Thieves lore from this. Yeah, it, it's crazy taking this. And these games weren't even in, like, Rare Replay or anything. So no. it's not like it, it was a super common character that people knew. I think had they known they were going to do this, they would have put one of these games in Rare Replay. Because it yeah. does feel like a glaring omission now. Now that they've, like, introduced <laughs> this character to a wider audience. And it's just like... Oh, yeah, but you can't play any of his games. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he, he appeared, and also his crew also made cameos as, as Ghost as well. Yeah, that's fun. And, you know, I, I have to imagine, and I guess the closest, like, feeling I've had to that is, like, when they put Banjo and Kazooie in Smash or, you know, brought back K. Rule or something. But it must have been a thrilling feeling for the the handful of older fans who who dated back to the ultimate play of the game days, who were really into the Pendragon series, you know, and and they were so yeah. bi- they were so bitter and hurt that it wasn't included in a rare replay. But here we are, like Sea of Thieves is essentially a continuation of the Pendragon games, and you've got all of this stuff going on for that character. That must have been really cool. Yeah, it it reminds me of when they brought in uh, Saberman into Banjo Tooie. Yeah. Yeah. And then led to him getting that uh, new Game Boy game. D- just bringing a character from their past back into the modern day, you know, shoulder to shoulder with their more uh, contemporary stars. And I really liked when when they did that with Saberman. And yeah, it did lead to the amazing Game Boy Advance game, Saberwolf. There you go, yeah. Freezer. There's your, there's your Saberwolf reference. But it was also going to lead to Saberman Stampede, which of course fell apart. Like they, they had bigger plans for Saberman. Um, when they brought him back in Avenger 2, or at least they, you know, thought, well, you know, potentially, you know, maybe there'll be a GameCube game starring Saber Man. Yeah. And uh, they decided a GBA game, and that was the only one that really shook out. Saber Man also made a cameo in Banjo Pilot, but... And IDARP. Can't forget. That's true. Can't forget hashtag <laughs> IDARB. There's your IDARP reference, everybody. Take a shot. Take a shot. Woo! Talk like a pirate day. It's okay to drink. <laughs> this is the one day of the year you can drink but yeah like five years in to sea of thieves and we're still waiting on captain black guy and i think back to that feeling we had of sea of thieves being announced and and greg males accidentally tricking us <laughs> into thinking this was the plan <laughs> and i'm just like oh man 
Oh man, like it, it, it's clear that there were never any plans for Black Eye, or you know, m- maybe that's not the case. Like m- maybe Greg Mails was thinking, well, eventually I'll get around to it. But then Greg Mails was shifted from Sea of Thieves to other projects. Like he's currently on the Everwild team, and um, mm-hmm. and I I don't know if if like it's just the Greg Mails connection. Like it, Greg Mails would be the one to really get him in there, and there's no advocates for Black Eye currently working on Sea of Thieves. You know, and I, yeah. you know, I, don't, I don't even need Black Eye on the same scale as Pendragon. Like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not looking for that, but I'm, I'm just thinking, like, we've got this ongoing, living, rare game that's all about pirates. That's all about the golden age of piracy as it relates to rare itself. And, my God, what a missed opportunity this will be if we go through the entire life cycle of the game and never actually get Captain Black Eye as a true in-game presence in Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I don't even need for it to be like a big, like, multi-tall tale event. I mean, that would be cool, but would, just yeah. having him in there, at, like, at all, would I'd be satisfied with. Even if he was just like, what? what if he was just like, an NPC that could just be at a random tavern when you load in. Like, he he could just be sitting in one of the taverns. Maybe you can load in at the one he's in. Maybe he'll just be in one of the ones you sail to. And he's just there getting a drink. You can talk to him. You can say, hey, aren't you that guy? And they'll say, like, oh, yeah, I'd be that guy. And you're like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, that would be cool. That would be cool. I could see, like, the team being like, what's the point of that? That doesn't add to anything. Because it's fun. It's fun for us. Because I like us. him. It's fun yeah. for us. But, yeah, I like... But just just seeing what they've done to elevate Pendragon and this whole, like, lost chapter of Rare with Project Dream to finally, like, pay it off in some way... It would be amazing. And I referenced the bear stealing Captain Black Eye's glory, Dustin. And I've already got it all figured out in my brain, right? Because, you know, we we on DK Vine, when we do our streams, uh, Uh DK Vine Stream of Thieves, every Sunday on Twitch at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. BST, we sail on a galleon called the Dreadfully Evil. That's true, that's true. That's true. And the figurehead, the the front little uh, sculpture, wooden sculpture at, at the front of the Dreadfully Evil, Evil, underneath the bow, is the bear and bird figurehead, which, right. which depicts a bear and a regal. Uh, it, it, it's sculpted after, uh, the cave painting from the ancients in the Sea of Thieves who had this prophecy of a bear and a bird, uh, fighting a witch. Like they, they, they prophesized the events of Banjo Kazooie, the ancients of the Sea of Thieves, and they told the story in cave paintings, which was then turned into a figurehead for pirates to use. Um, but in my head, I was like, how beautiful would it be if you, if we, or anybody sailing with this Baron Bird figurehead encountered Captain Black Eye, ruined his day, stole his treasure, did whatever, and then this bear that stole his glory was representative of the figurehead of the ship that did it. 
which Ooh. ironically then, of course, was actually sculpted after this prophecy that turns out to be Banjo and Kazooie, which Captain Black Eye then meets in the year 2000 and says, a bear stole my glory, looked a bit like you. He did. Wow. It, it all comes together in one beautiful package. It would be absolutely amazing. And it would be just I'd one clap those... my hands. I'd clap my feet together. <laughs> and I'm still holding out hope like that. I mean, granted, that's probably the figurehead I would use regardless because it's Banjo and Kazooie. But right. that's specifically why I've married myself to that figurehead and not like the Golden Nile crocodile one to like, you know, give it a little bit of the gangplank galleon on there. Because I want to meet Captain Black Eye and see if thieves Dustin. <laughs> it's gotta happen if i have this figurehead that's the secret <laughs> we're gonna circle back around to this we do have a call to take uh, okay. concerning this topic so i i want to play the call and then you know we're, we're we're gonna i think try to make the case to anybody listening why captain black eye should be a character in sea of thieves it be ye first mate, Kralnecks, and is ready to call on this auspicious talk like a Pirate Day episode. I'm certainly hoping the entire conversation will be filmed with a pirate accent. I feel quite betrayed and as if you should walk the plank if you do not keep up the bit for an hour straight. After the question recruiting Captain Black... Uh, uh, Captain Black Eye and his crew in Sea of Thieves, I think tying a... I think enforcing the rare archipelago idea could be interesting for CFDs, but I, but I wonder if it's something that rare will actually do if they don't plan on developing their old rare content anytime soon. It seems like sort of a sort of a scattered business plan. Getting to my question though, uh, should Black Eye if included in CFDs, should he stay close to his original design, or should he be reimagined to fit within the CFDs art style? Yar-har-har and a bottle of rum. Thank you for the call. And uh, I I like that they they, they did the whole thing, as you know, in the pirate voice. They said they would be mad with us if we didn't do the whole episode as pirates. But we we did that once for our Talk Like Pirate Day episode. And it was one of the worst episodes of the conversation. So (laughs) never again. And... Like, I know it's talk like a pirate day, but let's be honest. If if we stuck to the letter of the holiday, like we stuck to the true meaning of the holiday, nobody would want to celebrate it because it would be the worst thing imaginable. So we we just talk about pirates on talk like a pirate day. That that's Yeah, that's I, we, I think that's good enough. That that's 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 basically, you know, the best of both worlds. But their question was, if Captain Black Eye does get into Sea of Thieves, would we want him to look like his original design or reimagined to fit the Sea of Thieves art style? And for me, this is a a simple, simple question, because I would absolutely want him to be in the Sea of Thieves art style. I mean, you wouldn't want to do it any other way. Yeah, I mean, that's what they did for uh, Monkey Island. All the characters in uh, these Monkey Island tall tales are all redesigned to fit the Sea of Thieves art style. You you want them to be cohesive with this world. Yeah. You still get that it's the characters. 
And I, I think they pull that off well with Captain Black Eye. I mean, just give, make him look a little more human rather than uh, cartoony. Give him a big jaw. And, you know, he'd, he'd work totally fine. You'd still buy that it's Captain Black Eye. He can have hair. He can be hairless. I'll take him either way. <laughs> We're not picky. This whole episode is about getting him in. I'm fine if he looks like a bald, greased up pig. <laughs> but that, that's also part of the fun of this kind of thing, too, is having a character pop up in a, a franchise that they're not native to and having them be tweaked, you know, to fit the aesthetic. Like, I love the Skylander Donkey Kong, for example. Um, right. And, and that's, that's fun. I love Conquer and Project Spark, you know, like th- this is the kind of thing I really do enjoy is like seeing these familiar designs, but mold, remolded to fit the look and aesthetic of the game they are inhabiting. So yeah, it, exactly. It's fun. It, it lets you see the character in a new style. It, it would be jarring to just have him look exactly the same as he looks in Banjo-Kazooie. In, yeah. in this world with these pirates. Exactly, exactly. So, Dustin, you know, as I've said, and as I will continue to say, I absolutely adore mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves. No question. Oh, me too. And with it being an ongoing, living game, it, it puts me in a unique position of not really wanting for a, a new rare game in the same way I used to always want a new rare game like i it was always you know oh rare's new game is out i beat it i played it i wonder what's coming next and, and with sea of thieves i mean it's just like every update i have something new and yeah i want Everwild, and yeah like elsewhere i want a new banjo kazooie absolutely but yeah i'm i'm also being satiated in a way i've never been before and i have been since the game came out in 2017 but if I can be a little bit petty, seeing the absolute love and admiration that the Disney and LucasArts properties have gotten in Sea of Thieves, the green-eyed monster in me is envious. A part of me wants that same treatment for Rare, by Rare. Like, where does the rare fanatic turn to get to get the love letter to our fandom? Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's it's not like it, it it's not like there's a whole lot else out there that's just showing so much love towards rare and their and all their series. And like, as much as I love Monkey Island, like Monkey Island's one of my favorite game series. Rare will always be like number one. Mm-hmm. When it comes to my favorite. So, yeah, uh, I'd love to see Rare kind of celebrate itself a little more often. And I, I, I know sometimes we get that, like with Rare Replay, but really that's, that's kind of it. It's not like you have, uh, big crossover games or anything. Uh, it, it really is just like every once in a while you'll, you'll get something like, uh, like Arthur Pendragon in Sea of Thieves, but, yeah, it, it's pretty it's pretty slim what's out there. Yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of it is just down to circumstances. I mean, like, yeah, all of their Donkey Kong and Star Fox creations, of course, went with Nintendo 
in September 2002. And while sometimes those characters are celebrated and, and you know, sometimes they're ignored, um, all of that stuff has been out of Rare's hands since then, for the most part. Like, they, they can't do anything with uh, Tiny Kong right now if they wanted to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, you know, on the other side of the coin with the properties they retain, like Banjo-Kazooie, Conker, Perfect Dark, um, Rare struggled. Let's, let's be honest, Rare struggled in the buyout era. It's not speaking to the quality of their output because, uh, you know, I, I was talking about my favorite games of all time. Uh, number four, Grab by the Ghoulies. And I know, Dustin, you will uh, ride or die with Viva Pinata to the very end. That's true. That's true. That's very, very true. <laughs> um, I mean, th- th- they were releasing phenomenal games throughout the the xbox and xbox 360 era but they struggled to find an audience they yeah like it, it was kind of like um an odd fit having rare this you know right hand to nintendo that's really how they became so like globally beloved from 1994 to 2002 i know they were around for longer than that and they were known for longer than that but that's really where they became a household name is is donkey kong country killer instinct onward and then they were on this relatively upstart console platform that was geared towards a you know rather different audience they were aiming for the the playstation crowd the, the the college audience and you know stuff like banjo kazooie or even conquer weren't really that appealing to the um built-in xbox audience of the time and then they were relegated to making the connect sports trilogy again you know not my cup of tea but probably the best of its type the connect sports games um high you know high quality, expertly crafted. Uh, but when Rare fans were thinking Rare games, they weren't thinking Connect Sports. So it was just, uh, it was it was kind of a really bleak era <laughs> in, in the Rare fandom. And then the layoffs happened, the new administration came in. And, you know, after all of that, after a decade plus in the wilderness as a studio... I completely understand why Craig Duncan and others would want to distance themselves, at least at first, from the rare of old, from the old identity that was in some ways holding them back on the Xbox. Um, Right. They would want to prove that they could be a viable studio uh, in the modern era and a worthwhile partner in the Xbox Studios ecosystem. Because, you know, a lot's on the line, you know, if you go through this seismic upheaval, you know, you pretty much have one more shot as a studio before <laughs> they need to reconsider, you know, what the hell you're doing there. And I think, you know, Sea of Thieves was a brilliant idea because it kind of, um, it, it walked a very, very thin tightrope of being something that would honor the spirit of old at Rare while doing something fundamentally different and fundamentally current, a modern take on on something they might have done in the past. And, yeah, of course, it, it led to 
great success for the studio. It, it's their biggest game of all time. It re, like it, it finally gave them an in with the Xbox crowd, and it's one of their most reliable IPs now. Sea of Thieves. So yeah, who would who would have guessed when it was first announced? Like I, I'm I'm so glad it became like one of their biggest IPs. But I, I just think back to like the doubt surrounding it at first and, and how it just evolved into this game that more than deserves to to be one of their biggest IPs. Yeah. Uh it, it it's it's great. It it's awesome where the game ended up. Yeah, like of course the DK Vine staff was excited about it at first, because you know, we we I, I think we tend to view things a little bit more three-dimensionally sometimes where it's just like, oh, this right. isn't Banjo-Kazooie, but oh my god, I've always wanted to explore more about rare piracy and, and then, you know, we get a whole game about it. And then you know, I, I got the extreme good fortune of getting to visit Rare in May 2016 and getting to play it. And once I played it, I was like, I think this game might be like, something much bigger than just <laughs> something rare fans will enjoy. Like, I think this could actually be a really winning idea. And yep. I think this game might be good. Yep. It got my seal of approval. And I was like, you know what? Keep developing it. People. I think you're on. A, I, th- I think you're onto a winner here. And they were like, <laughs> Oh, we got the Heil Russell stamp of approval. We can finally continue. They wiped the sweat from their brow and they got back to work. <laughs> that was a close one. And, you know, like, we still get things, uh, older Rare fandom, we we still get things from time to time outside of Sea of Thieves. Like, you know, like right. Banjo and Kazooie and Smash, that was a big Battle one. Battletoads. Battletoads, right. But compared to what so many other franchises or series from the same era as, like, Rare in the 90s get, it's pretty minus- minuscule. It's It's pretty... Uh, slim pickings, small potatoes. Right. Oh, I I can relate to that one. You know, every time we talk about Crash Team Racing on the conversation, I shed a little tear thinking about yeah. what could be. Totally, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled is such a it, it's such a love letter to the whole franchise. Even even the games that people don't like. Uh, I know, I know, you've talked about it on the show multiple times. Yeah. But boy, I I love that game. I, and and just all the characters and it brings in the way it shows love to like every part of the series. Oh, it's great. So it makes me a little bit sad. <laughs> you know, it, it, <laughs> it's one thing to like pull out your hair with Nintendo and being like, you know, why aren't they doing more with the brother's bear? But it's Nintendo, you know, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo's, uh, an, an enigma wrapped in a puzzle box. Yeah, let's let's wait until K. Rule appears in another DK game before we worry about the Brothers Bear. <laughs> but you know, with, with Rare, now that they have reaffirmed themselves, and I know Everwild's kind of struggling right now in development, and you know they they, they got a lot on their plate as is, but they're in good shape with Sea of Thieves at the very least. And I don't I don't know, like I don't think we're asking for the absurd here, like. For me, the joy of a shared universe in which Sea of Thieves has already established itself to be a part of, right? Right. Like, like it hasn't necessarily shied away from that. But for me, the joy of a shared universe is seeing somewhat disjointed properties that you wouldn't think would fit well together 
find a common thread. You, you find a link that would work to connect two properties without disrupting the structural integrity of either one. So I, I'm not asking for time traveling conquer to show up in Sea of Thieves and start interacting with characters like the Pirate Lord or Lorena or like taking on Captain Flameheart or anything like that. Like, I don't speak want- for yourself. <laughs> I don't want a drunk cartoon squirrel running around Sea of Thieves. That's not what I'm asking for here. <laughs> um, but you know, you you look at the all human antagonist of Project Dream, or or maybe even bringing them in, and also I don't know, like resurrecting the character of Edson. You you could have like a whole homage to project dream within sea of thieves in the same way that you have to the sir arthur pendragon games in sea of thieves yeah and like that that'd be great even just something some something as small as that just to throw us a bone in this world that it it just seems like a perfect opportunity yeah like you know a self-contained tall tale would be amazing that'd be great because yeah the um the monkey island tall tales have really like left me thinking like wow you know Imagine if we have this, but, you know, for rare. <laughs> and, yeah. I, I, and and the thing is, since it's a game that never came out, it's not like the people playing it are, like, missing out on anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not like there's, like, a whole Captain Black Eye, like, ten-part series you gotta play through to enjoy, like, a one-off Tall Tale or anything. Yeah. And those in the know, though, could then put the pieces together with... Captain Black Eye's appearance in Banjo-Tooie. And, you know, you could say, like, whoa, you know, maybe somehow he became immortal. (laughs) You know, he he lasted into the new millennium. You know, he's hanging out in a frog's bar in the year 2000. This is incredible. (laughs) But Who would have guessed? But that nonsense doesn't need to, you know, broach Sea of Thieves necessarily. Like, you don't need to say, like, one day this guy's going to befriend a talking frog. And it... At the end of the day, Dustin, like, I do hope Sea of Thieves lasts forever because I can't imagine my gaming life without it. It, 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 it's a ritual. You know, every Sunday I boot up Sea of Thieves and I, you know, hang out with my friends scattered around the world in rare shared universe on our, on our galleon. I mean, it, it's a yeah. really, it, it's a really great thing because it allows this communal experience and it allows me to actually hang out in some sort of sense in, in a virtual space, but hanging out nonetheless with my buddies. Exactly. Like, I, I don't have a whole lot of multiplayer games I play with people. You know, I, I miss the boat on stuff like uh, Conquer Live and Reloaded. So it's great to have one that I can uh, actually play with people in this community. And ev- even when you're not, like, doing anything that big, like... You you just hang out with them in yeah, this game. It, it, it's just a fun little time. I, I don't. I think that's something that people don't realize about Sea of Thieves. It's just a great hangout game. Yeah, yeah. It's just a great game to exist in, to vibe in. Yeah, be with your friends, goof around in a pirate world for a while. So, like, I I hope Sea of Thieves is still with us in some form or fashion thirty years from now. You know, same. But, you know what? I I agree. But that being said. I also know the realities of the video game industry, 
uh, where we, we, we've already experienced a DKU game vanishing into the ether with um, the, the Dr. Mario mobile game. Um, Mario Kart Tour is ceasing new content after the update this week. Um, I don't want Rare to wait until it's too late, if it's ever too late, you know? I Maybe I'm just a cocky little shit right now because I finally got Diddy Kong into Mario Kart 8 after nine (laughs) years. And I think that anything's possible, right? The sky's the limit. Maybe that's renewed my faith in, in just the magic, magic of the universe. But as a fan of Rare, above all else, I really, really want Sea of Thieves to further embrace the long storied history of pirates in the studio's library. And in my mind, above all else, that means Captain Black Eye in Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. But, uh, you know, I, I also wouldn't say no to, uh, I, don't, I don't know, TT. TT the stopwatch from off of Diddy Kong Racing as an in-game cosmetic. You know, you, you, you hang him up on your ship wall and he tells time. And, you know, you see, Dustin, in the prototype build, a magical thing happened. And I saw it with my own eyes. It was May of 2016, and I was at Rare. And I got to play. This has been a File 2 production. Qué rico.